Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Star Guys, a podcast about Stargirl on the CW. I'm a Star Guy, sighted on for this year episode. I'm Alex. I too am a Star Guy, and I prove it by eating food I find in the woods. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Stargirl Season 2, Episode 8, Summer School, Chapter 8, the latest episode. If you haven't seen it, go watch it on the CW app or CWTV.com, I think. I don't know. I don't work for them. Just check it out somewhere. You figure it out. You figure it out where it is. Anyway, watch it because we are going to spoil it. Super helpful. (laughs) Where is service? Just search DC Stargirl streaming. something, all right? I don't got time for your shit. Our classic boilerplate intro. Hey, Google something. (laughs) Here's here's some stuff. You want to know something? Fucking Google it. Interesting fun fact the large majority of DC Stargirl viewers use Bing. Oh. This is a recent study they did. That's in- wow, who's who's paying for that study? What uh, government agency? Yeah, government, is? I think. The CIA. Probably Bing. <laughs> Probably Bing. Big Bing. Big Bing, yeah. <laughs> Bing government. Big Bing? Did you say Big Bing? Big yep. Bing. Big Bing. Bang boom. All right, stop. All right, <laughs> let's talk about the goddamn episode. Jesus sake. Sure, so we got two tracks going in this episode dealing with the fallout of Yolanda being attacked by Eclipso or Brainwave or whatever exactly was going on there. We don't we still don't know. 100% know. But Yolanda has left the young JSA, left being Wildcat, maybe even left town. We don't even see her this episode. So now it's She's Rick smart. and Beth's turn to be attacked by the yeah. big bad. Rick does it through the lens of his friendship with Grundy, ultimately fighting Grundy by the end of the episode because he thinks Grundy has killed a young girl. Turns out it's Eclipso messing with him, and he kicks the crap out of his uncle and goes to jail. Uh, his mean which uncle. His uncle was pretty much of a douchebag, though. Yes. Well, I don't know if anybody deserves to be hit by our man when he's been, got his hour powers. I, I agree with you. I'm not yeah, saying that that is. But, I'm not saying uh, this I, is a good situation. If somebody was going to get it, though, I'm not like, oh, all right. Yes. I, I don't First know. First off, this uncle doesn't respect brochures in general. Yeah. Um, and it just knocks it, them everywhere. Well, we'll get there just very you quickly. You hate to see a bro who doesn't appreciate a brochure. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's right there in the name. <laughs> brochure? Brochure. <laughs> Well, that's where uh, the name brochure came from. Is like, hey, bro, you want this? Sure. It's, yeah, it's an overconfident bro is what a brochure is. Yeah, That's teamwork right there. Another member of the young JSA 
on that team is Beth, and she is dealing with Eclipso on her own, specifically her uh, her parents' divorce, her been... uh, insecurity was the word that I was looking for, yes. uh, over being a member of the JSA and not really having powers, just having goggles. But thanks to herself, as well as Charles McKnighter, the real one, she manages to fight back against Eclipso, win the day, and get the love of her parents for the first time in the series. Uh, and meanwhile, in the background, Courtney and her family are all... <laughs> Don't move past that Beth shit. We are going to talk about all this. So you're new to this podcast, Pete, and new to the hundreds of podcasts. But you missed. You missed something in the recap. You got to mention it. Recap. You got to. You got to. Ideally, thirty seconds to a minute. Often it gets stretched out to anywhere between five and ten minutes. Hey, bros, you sure you want to have this conversation? I have a real brochure about this. Oh man. Anyway, uh, I just we'll come back. Can we come back bring to my, it in a second? We're going to talk about the you whole You've got to casually line. mention the racist kid, the racist, creepy kid, uh, before you move on is my sure. point. Eclipse is pretty racist, which is probably actually the worst thing that he does. Yeah. And then Courtney and her family are dealing with the fallout of everything as well. The cosmic staff isn't really working that well anymore, but ultimately Courtney and Pat get embroiled in Rick's storyline. But uh, like we've been talking about, they're very much... In the background here, trying to play catch up with everything that is going on. Justin, I think you and I talked about that on the last episode a little bit. So yeah. let's actually start with them, just because also there. the radio's back. You know, bring up the radio, but is back yeah, again. The recap is the short part. You still got to mention important things like exposition radio stations, specifically for Rick. I did write well, that down in my notes. I have a lot of thoughts on the radio station guy. I mean, I grew up in sort of the country, too. Uh Never was someone like, hey, loose bear, get your gun and go in the woods and shoot anything that moves. (laughs) That's how we do things in the country. That was... It's questionable. And he's like, if I'm if you're like me, you're cocking your shotgun right now and heading out there. I was like, this is wildly dangerous. Well, yeah. in this case, I think in retrospect, it's not entirely clear, but that was probably Eclipso too. And in fact, everything in the woods yes. was Eclipso. The hunters Eclipso is uh, writing copy for the radio station too? Yes, that's what he did. He did wow. his take over the radio station. He was like, I've got a new script for you. Read and this. Like, this is more of a 30-second spot eclipse. He's like, okay, I'll make some slight edits. One moment, please. Uh, here's the thing. Eclipso does, is busy in this episode. He's a great multitasker. At the end of the episode, he's talking to Beth. Don't. He's uh, fooling Rick. He's also masterminding a beautiful fireworks show. Oh, do you think he was beyond oh, happy the 4th, 4th of July fireworks as well? They were purple. No one has purple fireworks unless they're evil. <laughs> Mm. Oh, Who wow. has purple fireworks? Man, the Eclipso is so deep in this, I, I didn't even realize. I got to think Eclipso's like, I need a break from running this town. Do you think there are any other characters on the show other than Eclipso at this point? Because I'm starting to think they're all Eclipso. I'm starting to think one of us is Eclipso, and I have a big <laughs> guess about who it is. Getting back to Courtney and Pat and the Whitmore Dugan family for a moment. So... What do we think about what's going on here with them? Because, again, they feel very behind the ball at this point with everything that's going on, almost to the side of the narrative. Yes. Um, I do think it's interesting. Um, we see Mike, the sort of whole family at the top, but uh, Mikey is like saying, like, I know what's happening here. 
And then we only don't see him at all until the end when he's like, I think we're going to be fine or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. Obviously, it's sort of uh, Mikey and Barbara's turn in the uh, yeah, in that the was box nice next week. That was um, a, a touching little hug that they shared. I, I'm I love the Mikey uh, Barb team up. Yeah, you mean the thirty seconds at the end of the episode? Yeah, team up for a hug. What did you uh-huh. think uh, team about the fact that Mikey was eating a healthy, well balanced breakfast? Because that bothered me. That made me think he's a clipso. One hundred percent. That's a big yeah. Eclipso clue right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eclipso loves health. Now, Mikey. The, and while we're talking about this, at the end of the episode, I almost felt like it could go one of two ways. The implication was certainly that Eclipso was coming after them next, but it's an icicle that shows up there, which indicates yes. perhaps another villainous character on so, the Fourth of July. On the Fourth of July, so. What do you think that means? Barbara clearly had a relationship with Icicle. We know Cameron is developing some sort of Icicle powers, or is that just Eclipso messing with the weather and that's it? I think it's Eclipso fooling them because I do think we saw that moment, I think it was last episode, where Barbara looks at the picture of Icicle and is sort of like really taking it in. And I think that is maybe what is going to be her tempt, her temptation that mm. Eclipso uses against her. Um, I'd be very surprised if we do get an actual Icicle or Icicle Jr. showing up next episode. I think what the Icicle is, it's it's foreshadowing because in the next episode, Mikey's going to shoot his eye out and that Icicle is almost going to take him down and it's going to be a nice little callback. Wow, that is quite the Rube Goldberg-style thing that's going to happen. I do mm. think actually... Similar to Brainwave, if that was, in fact, Eclipso, we could see the actor who played Jordan McKent, Icicle, come back this episode. Because to your point, that affects Barb, because Barb had a relationship with him. Also, Mikey ran him over with a truck. So seeing him get alive. Accidentally. Yeah, that's a perfect way, though, of really needling both of them and potentially corrupting them. Though, 100%. Yeah. uh, I guess they're leaving. At this point, Eclipso seems to be leaving Pat and Courtney for last, right? Yes, and now that they're sort of split off on their own. Uh, but it was also interesting because I do think Pat and Courtney feel like they're a little bit like, what's happening? Let's just chase everyone around, and they're always a couple steps behind. But I do think they have they are the least temptable and the mm-hmm. most sort of um, bright. They're, I mean, obviously we saw Beth sort of outsmarted Eclipso, and she has the secret uh, superpower in that her goggles can see through the uh, – Eclipso's powers. The racism. Um, yes. So you can see through. Well, the glasses doesn't really see through the racism, but mm. I think Beth sort of responded to the racism with like, I don't think so. As she should. I mean, that yeah. was. Do you think that maybe they shot that and they were like, man, that kid is not evil enough and not creepy enough. Should we make him racist? Maybe that the, will make him more evil. On the other side, maybe that kid was just being super racist. They were like, we can't include this. In the <laughs> we can put a little bit of it in. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're going to put that on that kid, that innocent child actor? We're, you're going to say he brought that well, to the role? I'm not. Maybe I am, but I'm not as bad as to make fun of his laugh. Like, I'm not a monster. <laughs> oh I mean, like I think, Alex was last week. I don't like that kid. He better this episode. Yeah, better his episode. kid's racist. I uh, no, Wait, no you that thought part, when that he was racist, like. he was that better. Part I like, I like you like that part. I like the fact you're saying that out loud. this, you're saying that out loud. No, Bros, I'm not racist, you, and I Bros, don't like racism, sure but I like the fact that the kid is racist. Let's talk about that whole best stuff in a second. What I was saying before is that 
Courtney and Pat have the most personal power to combat Eclipso because they're the most like sort of Not purely racist. good characters in the mm-hmm. show, I think. They have the least uh, problems in their lives. They have the least sort of um, mistakes that they've made that still haunt them. I feel like they both feel like they are ready to fight Eclipso head on. So I'm curious how that's going to be potentially corrupted going forward. Well, I think this is very much prognosticating, but I think for Courtney, it's pretty clear you break off all of her friends and allies and that she's alone and the thing that she's built has been destroyed. That gets her halfway towards that corruption. Pat, you have the whole sidekick thing. Like he seems okay with being a sidekick, but if you knock him down to that level again, particularly given that scene we saw with him and Johnny Thunder earlier in the season where he was sitting there all alone on Christmas Eve and being left behind. Given the fact that we saw Joel McHale as Starman, we saw Wildcat, we saw the original Hour Man in this episode, I do think we could see them come back and they're the ones that they, any growth, any power that Pat has gotten over the intervening years, any confidence could immediately be knocked away by seeing them again and having them treat him in a very sidekick mode. Yeah. Um, I did want to get back to the Beth thing, though. There's lots to talk about in that storyline. And all joking aside, I think a lot of what was coming out of the little Brucey Gordon Eclipso dialogue was stuff that fans talk about. Like, he felt like, and I use the term fans liberally. What? But when when there's casting, like when you have a young black woman is cast as Dr. Midnight, you have people go online and be like, oh, that's not who that is in the comics. Gross. No, that would never work. That's not true to the source material. I'm not racist, but here's why this doesn't work. And that's exactly, I think, what they were hitting there. You know, it was, that's what the dialogue was. That's what was coming out there. Those were the things that Angelica Washington, I believe, had to deal with when she was cast in the part, same as almost anybody on any superhero show. And her coming back at the end and saying, I love being black, was great and a very powerful moment towards the end uh, of the episode. I, I do agree that it was a powerful moment and really awesome. It was just like um, when it would, the kids started to be racist, I was like, holy shit, what are we doing here? Uh, but... Um, you know, after hearing what you said, that makes a lot of sense and that's very powerful and cool. Um, well, and I do think in that moment, um, when she calls him out for saying that he grows frustrated and waves her into the closet. And I thought mm-hmm. that was the first moment where we saw real weakness in Eclipse though. Like he couldn't, she, he couldn't get her to take the bait. She's like, what, what did you say? And he's like, ah, I don't know. And w- waved her off. So I thought that was actually a good, a good moment that they, they gave gave her power there. Well, hopefully she landed in like some fluffy, you know, jackets or something in the closet because she was heading in there fast. And I was no, that's worried Courtney's about. knife closet. So oh, bad that's news. trouble. That's bad trouble. news. Yeah, I keep all my knives on hangers in my closet. What did you Smart. think about Beth's parents' Reuben recipe? Because yeah, that was I, that's non traditional. I think <laughs> no, you always put the maggot. It's a it's a oh. corned beef. Right, sauerkraut mm-hmm. or pastrami. You, want. you prefer corned beef? Uh, yeah, I. That's the way I had them okay. growing up, I guess. Wow. Um, and then a thin layer of maggots, live mm-hmm. maggots. Okay. Oh, I mean, I usually live. got them at a Jewish deli, and we would go for worms, earthworms, mm-hmm. instead of maggots. I think that's like more the traditional way in my culture. But it's interesting to hear from different cultures and different perspectives. Very wow. slightly different cultures. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I, 
Yeah. I really like this arc, and I was so surprised and happy how it turned out, given we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Best parents are awful to her all the time. All the time. Well, so, and that's why the, at the end of the, the episode. But the Reuben softened the blow a little bit. It was like, hey, I'm going to be awful to you, but here's a Reuben sandwich. Say know? it with a sandwich. It's yes. the, the, the real, don't get an edible arrangement. Sandwich Say is the original the edible arrangement. Yeah. Say it with a sandwich is what I always say. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the episode when they're like, hey, Beth, we haven't seen you all day. Must have been that Eclipso said those mean things. Not us, your real parents. We wouldn't say <laughs> that stuff, uh, even though we mistreat you every time we see you, except yeah. for maybe this one time. <laughs> As parents, we're barely in this, but, uh, you know. I. Uh, that's honestly why I felt that scene with the Rubens was so believable at first when they were like, we're getting divorced because of you. I was like, oh, that tracks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, but then, yeah, then the baggage showed up and I was like, okay, it's, this is an eclipse nightmare that's happening and that's fine and that's clear. But I like the working that in there. And like you're saying, Justin, the fact that her real fear is about her parents not having to do with her as a superhero, Eclipso messes up there. We yeah. find yet another weakness in him in addition to the cosmic rod, cosmic staff, excuse me. So interesting stuff. Yeah, and I love that she, just the goggles having the power there. We get a little bit more clue about Charles McNiter. He's in this other shadow dimension. Um, the goggles are sinking up across the dimensions. Um, he uh, is still that, alive. He's not dead. I was a little disappointed where the goggles was like, who are you? And I was like, come on, again? We got to go through this again? Or Beth's got to tell the goggles who you are? Well, let me ask you this. What do you think the, of the goggles' of power to identify different pieces of furniture? Because we see that a lot in this episode. And it's I mean, able to that's say. That's amazing. I wish sofa. I had goggles that could identify furniture for oh, me. Man. That would be so cool. Especially yeah, because. I, I, I'm worried that maybe she's put on the Raymore and Flanagan goggles and not the Dr. <laughs> McKnighter. <laughs> It would be good to be able to be like, all right, uh, whose table is that? Oh, that's my mom's table. All right. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I shouldn't throw that out because she got that for me. I you think Raymore like, and Flanagan is a national uh, reference, or is that something that was only maybe I know from upstate New York? Should the, we talk again about Dr. McKnighter? Because there is, like you're saying, a lot more information laid out here in terms of what's happening to him. I think it really drives down on our theory that Eclipso trapped him in a shadow dimension. That's where he is. He's been wandering around for decades at this point. And I'd also venture, even though it doesn't really come up this episode, that Pat knows something about it and for some reason has not rescued him. That's messed up. Uh, Why do you think why then? Why, why has Pat like taking it one step further? What's your theory on why Pat didn't get him for the shadow dimension? It's probably racist. (laughs) No, I don't know about (laughs) that. Uh, that I I think the episode, I think that Pat is going to, um, it may play into what, how Eclipso will um, get into his head because Pat's, quote unquote, just a sidekick. And I'm sure he feels like I can't do all this stuff. All I'm good for is fixing up this robot. Uh, And then eventually, unless it's some sort of, I'm assuming this is a Chekhov's robot and he's eventually going to get in it. Because we've Mm -hmm. just seen a lot of Stripe sitting in the old garage. uh, Well, Stripe got messed up. It's going to take a little while to get Stripe back up and running. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll see, I guess, if Mikey gets in some sort of Stripe Jr. potentially down the road as well. Why don't we move and talk about Rick's storyline, him wandering and yelling at the woods, hanging out with Grundy. I really like this relationship. This ties into, we mentioned this before, but there's a lot of different Grundys in the comic books. And here, 
we're getting a very Hulk gentle giant type thing going on here. Yeah. With this Grundy, which I think is a really good mode, and particularly the end of the episode when Grundy is kind of peeking out behind that silo, to me that says Grundy is going to help Rick down the road. He said the word friend. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, I don't know how you guys hear that word, but it's a big indicator that they're going to be friends. Second, I hear the word friend just chop straight to the throat. <laughs> wow, what do they want, what do they want out of me? Huh? What's their agenda? Chop people? Chat. Yeah, or do you think of Grundy was? Do you think Grundy was saying "Friends" is overrated after <laughs> season two? Oh wow! <laughs> Prefer single guy. <laughs> wow. no, I mean, that true. That's a true villain right there. Can't stream it. Can't stream it. <laughs> Had to watch live commercials Wait. and everything. Russian dark web has single guy apps. <laughs> Hey, remember Herman's head? That was crazy. Caroline Uh, in the city is a proto sitcom for how I married your mother. (laughs) I truly don't know. You used to enjoy Veronica's closet, but lately what Kirstie Alley has been tweeting has really put me off. The whole thought of that show. It was very funny back in the day, though. Hey, was Enrico Cantaloni in it, or am I remembering? Just Grundy's really me? vamping right now. I don't know. I feel like Grundy, Grundy in the woods. He doesn't have to hunt for food, so he's catching up on a lot of '90s TV. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he was by I, that stream. <laughs> Get out of here! All right, I'll log off. Thanks, guys. This has been a great one. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes. Go it, ahead, Pete. It's hard because. Uh, we didn't really get to see, you know, Grundy, and I hope Grundy comes out okay. Uh, Grundy is, when done well, a great character, and I think been used pretty well in the show. Um, you know, but how Grundy looks kind of goes back and forth between episode to episode. So I'll be interested to see how Grundy uh, looks and feels, um, because I think... It, I I would I'm excited about the idea of a Hulk like Grundy who would team up and help out the good guys. That's exciting. Yeah, no, and I, I think we talked about this a lot. That this is uh, the the thing we're exploring here is maybe bad guys aren't always bad. And I think mm-hmm. this Grundy storyline is. I think, and I don't know if this was Rick just telling an unrelated anecdote or if it's um, related to Grundy, but he talked about a dog that they fed who ended up being their, his friend. Yeah, I don't know if it's related. To... I don't know how you would tie that to the Grundy storyline. That just seemed like a weird, random Rick thing that he was talking about. Well, that's why I thought the classic dog was Rick story. A bit of a... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> classic Rick, always talking <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, um, I, do I do think, think the food the food has gotten yeah. worse because he yeah. brings a, a sack, burlap sack of food. He's been buying so many pizzas and so much fried chicken. That's expensive. Sack of yeah, apples, think, much cheaper. I'm surprised Grund- he's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, do you think Grundy was like, hey, my stool is a little loose. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Give me some fiber. I should have cut I mean, you he was off saying and not fiber you at the end. <laughs> Instead of friend? Fiber. Fiber friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised Rick isn't like, hey, Grundy, you know how money works, man? Come on, dude. I'm dropping way too much loot on you, bro. 
I think Cameron Gelman, who plays Rick, did a really good job in this episode, essentially acting opposite nothing the entire time. That's very yeah. impressive in and of itself. I really like the scene of him just going into the woods and screaming that he was so tired, tired of helping everybody. Um, that felt very real and honest just in terms of the acting to me. Uh, and then throughout the episode, just the places he got pushed to there, it we talked about how sad the last episode with Yolanda was. This episode was really sad, too, because Rick yeah, starts yeah. with that weird teacher giving him a brochure for college. And by the end, he's being carted away by the cops, given up being our man. His whole life has been destroyed. Yeah, he shat, when he shattered the thing, I was, I was no. Real bummer. Yeah. That's a problem. Because, you know, I don't know if he gets that back. Yeah. yeah. And particularly for Stargirl, which has been such a purposely sunny, fun show to wallow in this sadness for a couple of episodes. And presumably we are going to get at least one or two more. Um, it's a good bummer, but it's a bummer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I wonder if they were like, hey, this is sad, but maybe we should sprinkle in some racism to really fucking make really it sad. Really focused on the racism, even though I feel like we've explained it. Yeah, yeah. I just was so... I was... I hate kids, you know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. like, that... Uh, when you then were like, okay, we're going to up the creepy kid with racism, that hit me in a place I wasn't ready for. And it was uh, it was hard to kind of shake. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. Eclipso is going to learn his lesson and next episode will be like, hey, guys, I, I went a little too far. I did a bunch of reading. Yeah. Read one of Ta-Nehisi Coates' books so, like, I have a better perspective on the whole thing. And uh, I just wanted to apologize. From now on, I'm just going to attack your nightmares and that's it. <laughs> that would be nice. That you know? would be something. Um, that would be something. <laughs> sure would be something. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. Like Rick being arrested at the end um, really takes it to a uh, – and I mean I thought for I thought he killed him when – the way – Yeah, like, it wasn't. Pulse, I was like, yo, yeah. what? And then we hear at the end that he's just in critical condition. So. Well, Pat really didn't help that, right, by going no. and testing the uncle's pulse and then giving him a long, shocked look. That's the look you give when somebody died, not when it's like exactly not gonna, like when it's a faint uh -oh, pulse. Uh -oh, yeah, he's gonna be have to yeah, take he it to the a hospital. Little fist bump yeah. that was like alive. Yeah, yeah, like sweet. This guy's just in a coma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're all right, Rick. Don't worry about it, bro. I like to do that. I go to the hospital sometimes, and I just kind of wander through the halls checking people out, and I'm like, "Hey, good news! This guy's in a coma." Do you think in the yeah. back of the cop car they should have like brochures like so you're going to jail like things to know the teacher the teacher's in the back of the cop car and she was like well, I've got a bunch of jails here and for sure you can <laughs> hopefully you can get into a good one yeah. um I do think talking about Pat I feel like he is I think we talk about Pat especially in the first season about a man that is perhaps not as effective as you might want him to be oh mm -hmm. come on you know what you're bringing you know I mean? up like, old shit. Uh, well, because I, I think in this episode, he is also very ineffective. He <laughs> is weird with the uncle uh, almost being dead. Courtney's like, hey, everything's bad. He's like, it's probably fine. And like, yeah. why isn't he more concerned with everything falling apart around him? Um, all of the whole young JSA is no more. That's like sort of his whole thing. What's he got going otherwise? He's putting his robot together for what? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing that's going to really needle him is that everything he built fall, fell apart. I know I put that on Courtney, but you – to the point that you're saying, you could definitely put that on Pat as well potentially. Yeah. Before we wrap up here, any other notes you all wanted to mention? I, 
I did like how after Beth went through the whole thing and then like her real parents came back and they were just like, Beth, don't be foolish. We haven't been here all day. We're horrible parents. Why would you think we made you Rubens? Are you out of your mind? That would be a parent who cares about you at all. Yeah, the maggots are in the fridge. Make your own Ruben. <laughs> yeah. Make your own Come maggot Ruben. Oh, man. I oh, man. really like the exchange with Pat and Courtney when they were talking about the cosmic staff. She called it Cosmo. 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 Yeah. And then he shoots back, you named the cosmic staff. And she says, well, you named Stripe. And she says, he says, actually, you named Stripe. And she's like, yeah. well, anyway, moving on. But well, that's, a, that's another, yeah, that scene was fun. But also Pat just being like, no, you you did this. I don't do this. I don't do anything. I'm I'm Mikey in a larger body. I have a large wrench and I fix my robot. That's my big thing. Wow. I I, I don't know if you're feeling you, you're not probably feeling this, Justin, but uh, maybe me and Alex will. But you know, like when you see the unfinished basement, you know, like you keep seeing it, and you're like, Pat, what do you you know what I mean? Like you can't you can't do anything to your basement. You can't make it a little nicer. Like time after time that we're spending in this basement. You know what I mean? Like what's, what's the deal with that? What do you want him to do to the basement? Throw a rug down there or something? Yeah. You know, you guys are down there a lot. You know what I mean? Like maybe Mm -hmm. give it a little light, give it a little hope, something. I mean, poor Cosmo's fucking dying in the corner over here. You can't give him a little some little nightlight, you know, give him a little hope. Uh, I don't know. I, my house that I grew up in had a basement very similar to that. And I loved it. It was dirty and gross and, yeah, uh, that's the way your eyes like went. I've, I've never been more scared of you in my life. Yeah, that's big awful. basement energy coming from Mr. Zalbin over here. I don't know. A, a, a finished basement has a whole nother vibe of just like <laughs> carpet, like a bunch of sports memorabilia. That's like big older man who doesn't have any options left in his life. <laughs> oh, what? Is that what, you what want, was Pete? that? Is Were that you taking you shots at finished basement from your fucking dungeon of doom over there? That's why mine's unfinished, because I'm a finished man. Uh, There's nothing about you with your background that says finished man. Nothing (laughs) you're saying right now tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no one knows what we're talking about anyway, because this is an audio podcast. Oh, yeah, good point. All right, before we wrap up here, who is the star of the episode? Pete, why don't you take it first? Who is the star of this week's episode? I'm going to have to go with Barb. Uh, I mean... (laughs) That hug at the end really sealed the deal. Um, yeah, yeah, that and Cosmo. Great. Justin, nice. what about you, star of the episode? Um, Got to give it up for Beth. I mean, mm. this is definitely like a Beth episode. Yeah, um, I thought a character that we often, I think, feel like on the show is sort of like trying hard to be put a bright face on everything. We got to see her deal with some real shit and come out as like sort of the – like her powers suggest, have the best, truest vision on the show. Good episode. Somebody fix her goggles. Uh, this, it's heartbreaking. She just joined the swim team. Yeah. I Since you gave it up for Beth, I'll give it up for Rick, who I thought was really good in this episode. Gave some really deep emotional moments here. I'm very sad for awesome, him Mikey. and his life, but interested to see what happens going forward and how he potentially gets out of all of this. But overall, good episode of the show, even if it was sad. What, Pete? I, you know, good episode of the show. I mean, there was a lot of dark 
racist, fucked up shit happening. But okay, whatever you're into. That was guy. the part that I liked, just to clarify. Oh, okay, cool. If you'd cool, like cool, to support cool. the podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about Stargirl. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at StarGuysPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, StarGuys out. Bro, are you sure about that? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 